Hey everybody, William here and Sarah. And we just need to let you know that we are licensed real estate agents in the state of Minnesota with the Remax Results, a good life group. And that's our legal disclaimer. Hey everybody, William here. And today we're talking with Kelsey and future Kelsey. Just just hang on. It's going to be awesome. I think to me, just following intuition is like, it's like the path of ease versus me just trying to be in control and figure out everything and problem solve everything and force everything. And it's just like, oh my God, like my back is like hurting just articulating that out loud. Welcome to Life Behind the Highlight Reel, the podcast that takes things beyond the curated life we all see online. Join hosts Sarah and William Huffman as they dive in with their friends to talk about the good and the hard things that come with a real, not perfect, Life Behind the Highlight Reel. Hey everybody, William here and Sarah and Kelsey. Yay, Kelsey! Woo! I'm really excited about Kelsey today on our podcast because Kelsey and I met probably four or so years ago, maybe five years ago, at my very first Mary Hour. Oh, the Mary Hour. The All Mary right. Hour. Yep. So, Kelsey, just bring everybody up to speed. What was the Mary Hour? A magical networking event. And I struggled to even call it a networking event because it just was so casual and open. Natural. Yes. Mm -hmm. Organic. Yep. Yes. So the Merry Hour was a play on words for like happy hour. And it was for like women in business that were either thinking about like remember like the buzzwords were like side hustle. And what were some of the other things? It was like. Dreamers. Tribe. Tribe. Tribe was a big word. Yep. Yeah, but it was kind of like way back in the beginning when a lot of that gathering of like, especially females was happening. It wasn't really an option much before that for just like a female only networking event. Yeah, I I can't speak. I wasn't there. You weren't. But how did I come home from those events? Will? (sighs) Uh, Usually like jazzed up. That's actually what I was going to say. Yeah, Were you going to say jazzed up? (laughs) I was. Really, you were gonna like word those words jazzed up. Yeah, because are, it's like oh, there was like a so synced in cute. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> very cute. Oh gosh! All right, well, let's get this rolling. Yeah. Then. So yeah. here we go. All right. Well, so tell us about yourself. Where did you go to school? Where did you grow up? Like all of that stuff. Let's start from the beginning. The very beginning. The very beginning. Okay. Well, I have to start with a story then. Okay. I sent my mom to the hospital five times before I actually entered the world. Get out of here. So okay. that tells you all you need to know about yes. me. Yeah. I do things in my own time. Yeah. So um, <laughs> once I decided to make my debut into the real world, uh, we lived in Illinois for a hot second and then moved to Minnesota. So I grew up in Woodbury, East Side. East Side. East Side. What's, yeah. what's, what's the Woodbury's uh, mascot? Um, we were the Woodbury Royals. The Fighting Royals. Something like that. I don't know. Yeah. Well, it's, it's a will it's thing. A thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, the Royals, yeah. Should have been a Royal. Go Our, Royals, oh, go Royals, go. Yeah. Uh, and then I went on to... <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> went to Gustavus for college down in St. Peter, Minnesota. Gusty. Um, yeah. Oh, amazing experience. And I met my husband in high school. We both went to Woodbury. Married well, hold now. on, hold on, hold on. We we skipped. Okay, there was a cheer going on there. Did you do cheer in high school? No. At okay. one point, I considered being a hockey cheerleader because okay. I was into Dane. He played hockey. Okay. He knew how to skate, and I've never cheered in my life, but I didn't end up doing it. Okay. It, it all worked out, though. We were married. <laughs> we celebrate five years married this year. Cool. But how many years together? 14. Wow. Yeah. Did he have the hockey here? Uh, sort of. 
He has okay. nice hair just in general. Oh, okay. Yeah. But nice. just per Facebook. He doesn't have hockey hair now. It's a it's on the shorter side now. Yeah. But he can do it if he wants to do it. He can pull he it. He could like get that flow. Yeah. 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 The, the the locks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He says he likes to keep it long in the winter so he can like feel it in the breeze when he's skating. Really? Yeah. Interesting. Like there is a hockey lifestyle. Oh, it's something. Yeah. <laughs> lifestyle is like a That's moderate word. It. Yeah. 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 I grew up in a hockey house. That bag, like the smell of the hockey bag. Oh, is hockey gear is just nothing funk. worse. It stays in the basement. Yeah. Yeah. Like it can't come in. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So you and Dane, did Dane go to Gustavus or no? Yep. Yeah. He played hockey there and he was actually a year behind me in school because of junior hockey. Mm-hmm. So I graduated, entered the real world and then he came out a year later after. So on his timing. Mm-hmm. I love that. Yep. So then how did he ask, like, okay, you dated and you got married five years ago. How long were you engaged? Um, about a year and a half. Okay. Yeah. So you were just like together forever. Yeah. And yeah. then it was just the right time. Yeah. Yeah. Perfect timing. Did you ever put pressure on him or no? Um, probably a little bit, but I never wanted to force anything that yeah. didn't seem right. I didn't want to be babe? with somebody who was forced. You hear that, babe? Oh, I was forcing Will. Yeah. No, yeah. I didn't. I don't know. Sarah. I don't like to be forced, so I didn't want to force him. Yeah, I was like, come on, dude. It's been three days. <laughs> <laughs> That's about it. That's about it. <laughs> and here we are almost nine years later. Man. Isn't that wild? That's awesome. But it's almost like when you know you are with your person, there's a different feeling where you're like, I think that's where I was. It's, I just knew. So it's like, let's just get this going. Yeah. Yeah. And well, and that was different for us because we knew, I mean, we were 18 years old having conversations with one another on like we knew. Yeah. So we had known for a long time. Yeah. I Just love finally it. finally made it official. All right. So you went to Gus Davis, not Gustavus. No. Nope. Um, and you went to the old college of Rooney. Did you get a degree? Yes. Wh- in management. What does that mean? I don't know. I actually spent a lot of time just doing like internships for credits instead. So I just really had my own experience at Gustavus versus like in the classroom all the time in the textbook, which is also a reflection of who I am. Right. Yeah. So, okay. But I'm okay. Ma- management. What? It's open-ended. It's <laughs> it wasn't even business management. It was just literally management. It was in the business department, but I love it. So I took like some accounting classes, some finance classes, some leadership classes, some you know, it's like strategy classes. Created your own because really, it's like. Would you consider it management, or would you can like now if you had to name it? Was it management, or was it more like leadership? More just business, I would say. Okay. Yeah. Yeah fascinating mm-hmm. well because it's so interesting for me to hear this to know like what you do now so tell us can i speed us up will oh let's go <laughs> <laughs> okay so what do you do now there's a couple things i'm sure yes let's talk about like what do you do for your career and what do you do for your passion okay this is a um something i've been reflecting on lately career and passion and how you talk about them so I was having this conversation with Dane actually this month where he was saying, you know, we were talking about what I do for like my, I don't know, normal job and what I do with my business. And he kind of was like challenging me a little bit to think like, why aren't those two things like all in one? Like, how come you don't see that as your entire career? Like Mm -hmm. I would consider my nine to five, like a career and I would consider my business a business, but why don't I see it as like a full umbrella? Mm -hmm. So we like to have philosophical conversations like that. And so now I'm like, this is just context. I'm in the process of like 
making them more fluid together and seeing that as like a big picture one painting versus like separate things. Mm -hmm. So um, by day, I work for a financial services company doing strategic planning and projects, which is like totally in my wheelhouse. Um, Management. Yeah, basically. Very much a reflection of that. Yeah. Not a lot of numbers. What? More strategy, pulling teams together, moving things forward. Visionary thinking. Yes. Nice. Yes. Um, Seeing things differently is kind of my tagline. Uh, And then I have my coaching business, which is called Everme & Co., which is an intuitive life coaching company. So I do a lot of teaching, coaching, obviously, um, writing, and just in general, trying to help people connect to their intuition and to like their highest self in their life. And my business has gone through an iteration. My career has gone through many different iterations, but that's what I'm up to now. And it's so fun because they all are so connected now. And to see them interconnected as well is like, yeah, I have a certain title and things like that in my nine to five, but like I am a coach and that mm-hmm. is what I'm here to do regardless of it's in here the corporate or space there. or there. Yeah, wherever, it doesn't matter. It's, mm-hmm. So I feel very um, liberated right now with that new because was your was your nice. was I'm your, glad we're a part of this year. This is this is exciting times. Mm-hmm. Actually, like I have followed Kelsey and what she's been up to, but was it always Everme and Co? No. So when I first started my company, it was Everme Coaching, and it was very yes. much like traditional life coaching, like setting goals, setting your vision mm-hmm. for your life. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you want to go from point A to point B. How are you going to get there? That sort of thing. Um, and now I'm diving way deeper into intuition, leadership. Mm-hmm. Um, more in that realm than just typical life coaching. And how did you make that transition? Because that's a well. Can I? Can I? Oh, can I? I have some questions here. Okay. Well. All right. Okay. Okay. So I, we're into the hippie stuff. So I totally get it. I, for people who are listening, they might all of a sudden be like, "What the hell is a life coach? Like, why would somebody need that?" So kind of like. Sell me on it, even though I understand it and I, I see the value in it. But there's skeptical people out there. There's a lot of us. What, what is what, what would you say to that? Like, what the hell? What, what do you mean? I don't need a life coach. I get up. I eat my Cheerios or whatever. I think the the passive way that some people might think about a life coach is like you're you want to work with somebody who's going to give you a bunch of really good advice and almost like tell you what to do. Because a lot of times I would say a common thread in a lot of coaching clients is they're starting from a place of indecision or they're stuck or that's kind of like what even would maybe first make that phrase be something you would cling on to for me the way I see coaching is it's a lot of eliciting from other people like what is going on in their heart and what is going on in their world and how Mm -hmm. they can take that out into the real world instead of doing that thing where we just stay inside our brain Mm -hmm. and overthink everything and not take any action on it um I think coaching has evolved throughout the years definitely for sure, for sure. Mm-hmm. Because I think it used to be more on that advice side. It used to be, here's my formula. Here's exactly what you need to do. Follow my steps and your life will be golden. Well, I cannot prescribe anyone what to do in their life. What worked for me is not what's going to work for anyone else. There are elements of nice. that. Sure, yep. flavors, things like that. But to be prescriptive in it, I just don't think is possible, which is why I'm leaning so much more into the intuitive space of it. Because your own intuition is your own inner compass. And if you can be connected to that, then you can kind of do your own coaching. You can lead yourself, Mm -hmm. you know, in that way. Um, So maybe in a sense, I'm working myself out of a job, (laughs) but that'd be a great thing, right? If everyone was connected to their intuition and leading from within. But uh, I think back to the times. That was a good sell. Good sell, by the way. Thanks. I think back to the times that I didn't listen to my intuition. And then I'm like, yeah, 
Like, if you, yeah, yeah. Uh, there's usually there's, yeah. U- there's usually some tears involved in that. And <laughs> maybe I'm getting yelled at, or well, no, but I mean, it it is something where just like for me personally, over the last, I would probably say four years, really the last two. Like, I think I, my journey started four years ago, but really was solidified the last two years. That it's like listen to your intuition. Like those little pings or nudges, you don't always know why, and that's kind of the beautiful thing is you don't need to you just go we think we need to yeah Your, like logical mind wants to know like exactly the logic behind everything and why this is happening and why i would take action on this but you really don't you don't it really doesn't matter and it's like just follow those pings or like even if you're going down through some hard stuff the hard stuff doesn't mean stop don't do it the hard stuff may be the test to be like are you going to push through mm-hmm. like there's is that too much for you, Will? I, we're just, we are going down the woo-woo train. <laughs> oh, yeah. But it's not. Immediately. It's just, it's interesting once you really understand, like, what intuition is and really mm-hmm. listening and trusting yourself. So, so give me an example. Like, uh, like, what do you mean by trust your intuition? Does that seem like trust your gut or, like, like if you could put it in words, or either of you, I'm just curious, like, wh- I mean, I know it's intuition it's probably hard to describe you know it's like this little feeling inside of you like you should be going left but for some reason the gps is telling you to go right and the gps turns out to be wrong because you should have went left because the road was closed on the right that's a perfect example of it i mean and that's like really closely tied to i think how a lot of people think of intuition immediately is Mm -hmm. like that survival instinct like that's it's just trying to keep you safe Um, but if you look at it now like more in our advanced culture and where we're at like your intuition is speaking to you because it's trying to take you along the path of your highest self versus like the path that's following oh you know my parents wanted me to do that or society is telling me i should do that gps is telling you to go so it's like keeping you safe in the like safe toward your highest self way Mm -hmm. versus following you know the path of least resistance and whatever else is doing. Sea of sameness is the thing I like to call sea it. Sea of sameness. Okay. Yeah. There you go. Good answer. Well, and I think like different times that I've trusted my intuition, Will, it has been, um, well, let's just use this podcast for, as an example. Like this podcast was built off of my intuition of we need to have a podcast. We, yeah. And even the title, because we're called Life Behind the Highlight Reel, and it's because I wanted to have a platform where it was safe for people to like tell their story because there's a lot to celebrate. But we've also had people on our podcast that have really worked through some really tough times and they've they've kept going and they've gotten out of it. But it's not all the stuff that you see on like the social media world that we live in. And it's even like you, Kelsey, today, like I had this feeling I had to have you on the podcast. And as you can see, we're not scripted. It's like, let's love. Let's I just, was so excited for this. I was like, this is me. Just I get to show up and just speak intuitively. And this yep. is like, I could do this all day long. Yeah. Like I didn't, I, you, you didn't give me any pre-work. I nope. didn't have to like plan a bunch of stuff to say. No. Like this is, oh, my love language. And this is where that intuition comes into play because like some people will say like, well, who are you going to be, be your guests? And I'm like, I people, don't always know. Just I just know. reached out yeah. to my mom's friend from high school because I really like, I mean, they're, they're 75 years old. <laughs> And I love how she lives her life. And I reached out to her and I'm like, would you come on our podcast? And why? Like, it was just like these little pings. But because I trust my intuition, I'm going to listen to the pings and be like, okay, if that comes up more than once, I've got to pay attention and act on it because I don't want to not act and miss an opportunity. Not like a FOMO missing of an opportunity, but I just think so often we can just like get 
in the midst of a lot of clutter Mm -hmm. and like brain chatter. Yes. And it's like, for me, intuition is like, turn the chatter off (laughs) and just do it. Like, just take action. That sounds like it'd be really easy to do, but it's probably not. Well, I think it all depends on what you want. Like, if you're, if you trust your intuition, it's semi easier. Sometimes you might question it, be like, what in the world am I doing this for? But I think if you just keep going and you keep trying different things that your intuition might like guide you towards and you see success or you see like something positive or learning out of it, you're going to keep going that direction. You have to also like be connected to your own like intuitive brand. So I liken it to like different fabrics. So like my intuition might feel like velvet and like my ego brain might feel like cotton. So if I'm having all these like creative thoughts, but they're like that cotton texture, if you're riding with me on this one, I know that that's not necessarily my intuition speaking, but if I have that one like velvety thought creative moment, Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh, that was an intuitive thing. That's the thing for me to follow. So you have to be able to like understand the different voices that discernment. pop up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then the trust piece for sure. Um, that was a big part of my experience. Like 2020, I feel like everyone went through a whole like rebirth. We've been through some stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That was a big thing for me was that trust factor of I've always been so intuitive, but I had this, um, a call with a woman I was working with and we were going through this intuitive development exercise. And I realized like while we were going through it, how little I was trusting myself, like I was questioning everything that came up. Like it was very eye opening, but it's like that trust piece of it. If you can trust on what's coming up for you and take action on those things, like you said, I think that's where a lot of unlocking happens Mm -hmm. where things just, you know, people talk about manifestation and right time, right place. I think it's just a matter of like being in tune with that and following what's being laid in front of you because those are the best breadcrumbs to follow. Mm -hmm. Okay. Can we talk about the word like manifestation and these things? Like, are these like the buzzwords of 2022 or are these like things that are going to stick around? What's um, your, and that maybe that's more of an opinion question, but it's, I've just heard so many more like, I'm going to manifest this. And I'm like, well, okay, let's, let's first of all, manifesting, it's, this is not like, like the, the secret, the book, the secret that came out a long time ago. That's kind of, that's what that book is kind of talking about, like willing something into existence. Yeah. Y- Yes, there is something about putting um, the energy that you're wanting to attract something out there, but you still have to do the work. Yeah, it's you can't just sit in a room and maybe I'm wrong, but in my my understanding of the word is I want to manifest. Um, let's just say a boat, right? Okay. I'm just I I don't want a boat. We already have a boat, but I'm, I'll just use a boat. I'll I'll use a tangible a, a physical item that you can go out and purchase. And say you don't have the means at that time to purchase the boat. If you keep your mind intent on reaching that goal, it doesn't just appear one day, but it might feel like that because all of a sudden you've kept your eye on the prize. And some people might say, well, that's just working and saving money. So much more. I, I know Boston maybe not the best example, but that's, I'll be quiet now. Yeah, th- I think, so I definitely do think it's a buzzword because even in 2016 when I started my company, like setting goals, like working toward your goals, like goal setting was a form of manifestation mm-hmm. to your point. It's like, this is what I want. Here's what I'm going to do to go get it. Mm-hmm. I think the thing that's happening with bringing in more of that, like I'll call it like spiritual language mm-hmm. is that it's teaching people to get at the, 
essence of what they really want. So you're like, when you're diving into your intuition, when you're diving into emotionally how you want to feel around these things, I think that's what's shifting and changing. That'll that'll last beyond just the buzzword of, it's not just the boat that you want, it's the you know, freedom on the weekend to spend time with my family. It's like unearthing the the real layers behind what you want mm-hmm. and having that intuitive path lead you to what it is that you're going to get. I think there is always going to be something though within manifestation that's we are humans having a soulful experience. And I think we get caught up in the wrong thing sometimes. So mm-hmm. you like, you think it's a boat, but it's like that journey to getting the boat mm-hmm. really that matters. Um, I think there's a lot of content and things like that around manifestation right now. And I, I don't have like a huge manifestation process. What I'm more focused on is like leading myself, following my intuition. And when I'm following my intuition, I know that those things that are best for me and my highest self are going to manifest in front of me. Yep. Um, the more, again, like I talked about the forcing, like if you force all the things that you want, well, that's what you've created. That's what you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Forced things. Yep. So. That's fascinating. Okay. So as you've gone on this process since 2016, like how have you trained yourself? Like how have you immersed yourself in this mindset to like continue moving forward? Well, I think naturally I'm just wired like that. Um, I love learning. I'm very curious, um, which curiosity, creativity, intuition, they all kind of go together. They play in a nice, uh, field together. Um, but right away I did a coaching certification and that was huge for me because that was, that, that helped me feel very credible when I first started my company because I started it relatively young. You know, I wanted people to take me seriously and it was a huge learning experience for me. Like that is a gift that will carry Mm -hmm. into the remainder of my life. It was very intensive, but I was so proud when it was done. Mm-hmm. So I learned a lot of just like the foundational coaching skills, which I'll do a tangent on coaching skills. If you are going to coach, I think you should do some sort of coaching class, coaching mm-hmm. skills, building, something like that. Cause that's, that is a buzzword right now is coach. Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh yeah. Everybody and their mother all of a sudden is coaching anything. Like we're in real estate. Real estate coaches are popping up everywhere at, oh yes. Sorry. Yeah, which I think a lot of times they mean consultant because I think mm-hmm. they're more in that, here's my process, I'm going to prescribe this to you, here's mm-hmm. what's worked for me. Anyway, I have a lot of reverence for coaching. I just had a conversation today with my real estate coach <laughs> about the differences between coaching and teaching. Yeah. And like I come from a teaching background, and so to switch gears and be a coach is for me, a little bit more challenging because teaching, I want to be like, this is what you do. This is how you do it. This is the end of the result. Da, 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 da. Here's the prescription. Go. Like that is teaching. Coaching is like asking the questions for the person to self-discover, giving them time to fail, giving them time to succeed. It is not instant gratification. <laughs> nope. And so it's like, oh, you come with this like teacher heart that they want to see them succeed right away. But like coaching it's not like that. It's practice. It's again and again. And like I think back to like the miracle movie where it was like, run the drills again and again. Let's talk about hockey. Run the drills yep. again and again. Like that's coaching. Yep. Like it's, it doesn't happen overnight. Oh yeah. And sometimes not at all. If you mm-hmm. want to practice the art of letting go, become a coach, truly a coach, because you have to be, you have to approach every client with such non-attachment and 
the second I want something more than a client, I've failed that client. Mm-hmm. And it's hard to set those boundaries because I, I want people to be successful. I want them to level up. I want them to meet themselves at their highest self's place. So, yes. Yeah. That's actually quite profound. Yeah. Because. Well, well, so hold on. You, you keep saying highest self. Yeah. Okay. What the hell does that mean? There's a lot of different ways you can look at it. Okay. Um, let's see what comes. Um, uh, she said it like, tw- I may know what it means. No, I'm so- glad that that's a good question. It is. They, they, it's kind of like shop talk. Like this is lingo that we <laughs> use all the time. <laughs> we have these conversations all the time, but wh- how would you describe that? Sorry. Yeah. So for me, the how I personally understand highest self is there is a version of me 20 years from now that just is wiser, they know stuff, they're living this life that I'm currently creating today because all that really exists is right now. And your highest self has that intuitive wisdom, it has guidance for you, it has you know all the things that you want to be, want to succeed at, it's like your, you know, your perfect day self or your future self or your um, whatever adjective you want to describe that is just like that bigger vision part of you. Um, and when you can connect to who that person is, it, it gives you that like source of truth. It gives you like that North star thing to follow when you're lost in all the noise, the chatter, the keeping up with the Joneses, the, I got to do this. I got to do that. The scramble. When you have that connection to your highest self, you're able to, again, that self-leadership piece of it, know where you're going, why you're going there, what's important to you. Um, and for some reason, my highest self always has a really cute outfit on. So there's also that. I like that. Do you have any other questions about highest self, Will? I will later. I actually like how you gave that context of 20 years from now. Yeah, I, that, that resonated with me. I don't think I've heard it explained that way before. Yeah, because I think about myself today and what I would have told myself, my 15-year-old self, like 15 years ago self, and how the things I was thinking then were very like short-term and very maybe more self-centered, if that makes any sense. Where like if I were in that position today with the knowledge I have now, I would absolutely do things differently and with ma- more ma- well, more maturity. Yes. Mm. Okay, like Same. let me give you an example. Can I give an example, Will? Give an example. When I worked overnights at Target, I was... Sounds terrible. It was. <laughs> <laughs> but I was the overnight logistics... Um, ETL, executive team leader, and I would get to work about eight o'clock at night and I would maybe leave nine in the morning-ish, maybe later, maybe earlier, but that let's just say that was the average. I was so miserable because all I could think about were the things that I was missing out on, how the schedule was terrible, like all these like things. But like now I would go back and be like, hey, this is just a moment in time give it your best. The people that are working here deserve your best self. Like I didn't show up as my best self. Like I was a victim, even like so many things. Yeah. And it's like, I didn't listen to that, like higher, like that higher wisdom. It was happening to you. It wasn't happening for you back then. And like now I, if I, if I were in that position today, I still don't think I would enjoy the hours, but I would make the best of it. Your highest self is a lot more gracious than your day-to-day self. Yes. And spacious, I would say. But that wisdom factor, that's the thing. Like that's You can borrow from your highest self at any time to do whatever it is that you need to do in this current moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
it was interesting. I just watched. Whoa, some- whoa, whoa, whoa! No, don't, don't you're just gonna breeze by the fact that she just said I could time travel to my future self and borrow from me. Basically, that's what I heard. Yeah. No. Okay. <laughs> She's just right on board. With yeah. <laughs> no, I get <laughs> it. <laughs> but I'm like, on that train. Like, what is it? What? Do you, how do you tell me more? Okay. First thing, let's go. Stick. Take a step back. Okay. We okay. talked about what highest self is. Yep. If you want to connect to your highest self, I would recommend finding a future self, highest self meditation, guided meditation that you can follow um, to meet that person, start to put a name, mm-hmm. start to build that relationship. That's part of it is building a relationship so that you have that direct line of anything mm-hmm. with that entity. The next thing is you can borrow from your future self because they have that wisdom, You whether that's borrowing the wisdom, borrowing the courage, borrowing the audacity from your future mm. self because... In theory, they have done already the thing that you are trying to do. So when you're talking about like facing your fears or going after what you want or manifesting the things that are most important to you, when you have that relationship, then that door is open to be borrowed from. But that relationship piece is key. You can't just like ignore your highest self for five years and then go knock on their door and be like, give me all these things. Like, that's rude. (laughs) You wouldn't want someone to do that to you today, right? So your highest self doesn't want that either. I mean, they will be very gracious and generous and probably still help you out, but... The relationship piece is key. That's I've actually okay. never really cool. thought about the higher highest self relationship building process. No, I'm picking up some good stuff here. This is some good stuff. It's out there. Yeah, and that's okay. Like when I say hippie shit, that's a term of endearment. Like we like that stuff. Yeah. No, I love it. Yeah, because it, it it it's uh it forces you. It doesn't force you. It allows you the opportunity to think at things differently and somebody who might be listening to this uh us to the first time maybe hearing some of this woo woo stuff for the first time um this allows this allows them to maybe um approach uh, a certain a, a singular situation maybe just a little different this one time mm-hmm. and that can start the journey to finding out who their highest self is i have thoughts on the woo woo phrase I think if you're someone that's listening to this podcast or anything really, and you're thinking, oh, this is so woo woo, or you're like having that reaction, Mm -hmm. you are at the exact moment when you need to stop and open your mind up to what it is that you're learning because you're, Mm. you're experiencing resistance and Mm -hmm. nothing creates change like resistance. Mm -hmm. So you are uh, immediately turned off against it, Mm -hmm. or it's just rubbing you like that is the moment to dive into something woo woo, whatever it is there's something there for you to Mm -hmm. learn that is going to be a key to unlocking whatever is next for you. But those moments of resistance we want to avoid. We want to just, Oh, it's, I'm not going to deal with it. I'm not going to talk about it. Yeah. Anyway. Well, but I've liked, I've liked how you've approached. Stay up there. It's good soapbox. You got this. (laughs) Well, but I like, how would, um, like if people want to resonate with you and your approach to like talking through the highest self intuition, these pieces, like how would they like, do you like have classes? Like what, how do you work with people to like dive in deeper? Yeah. Uh, classes I'll do on occasion, intuitively inspired always. Um, I have one master class right now that's free to download. You sign up with your email address and that's all on intuitive leadership. So you're talking a little bit about, um, human design, which we could go down that rabbit hole if you want to go down that, uh, you're learning more about intuition and how it speaks to you. You're learning about self-leadership and what that means. Um, 
So that's the first place to start. That's evergreen. That's always open. And then I work with people one-on-one where we go through, it's a six month container, which is pretty hefty for a coaching Mm -hmm. container. Um, But it's really learning the, again, like I said, the fabric of your intuition, listening to it, trusting it, going deeper on who you are. I'm big on Mm self-reflection, self-awareness, self-understanding. Um, and using that to integrate it into your daily life, because I think what happens with a lot of people is woo woo becomes this thing that's happens in a closet. It happens, uh, you know, and you guys talk about this stuff all the time, but yeah. you might go to a dinner with a, another couple friend and like not say anything about like, don't say yep. the M word, don't say yeah. manifestation. Yeah. You know? yeah. yeah. Um, but my belief is to integrate it into your daily life. And like I was saying in the beginning about my job, like. If it happens at home, I want it to happen in work and I want to be authentic and open about Mm -hmm. the things that I'm passionate about and care about. And um, that's a big part of my program too, is just integrating those things. Because all I will say about woo-woo stuff, sometimes it's just like, when in the hell am I going to do that? Like, what am I going to do with my crystals? Am I supposed to take those out in the middle of a conference room and like put them on the table and like (laughs) welcome my coworkers to the meeting? Yes, the answer is yes. (laughs) Yes, the answer is yes, but it's like, how do you actually integrate into yeah. intuitive stuff into your That's a really good life? question. That I like I want to talk about this. So how do you um so we're sitting here in, in a podcast with our headphones on and and we have crystals in our office and Sarah sprays her sprays and like I all this stuff in my and, right now. Yeah, of course <laughs> you do. Of course you do. And um but okay, that's all good and dandy in our bubble that we've created for ourselves. Um, and our bubble's expanding and Sarah actually would in the middle of dinner with somebody, she'd be like, you manifested the hell out of that. And they'd be like, what? But how do you, how do you integrate the, you said the word integrate, fantastic use, um, for this, uh, I'm rambling. Um, how do you take what you're doing on your coaching stuff and how do you personally bring it into your nine to five, uh, quote unquote business professional life? Yeah. Uh, two ways come to mind right away. First one was just around language. So I will, in meetings, I'll say, you know, I have a gut feeling that this is going on, or I was reflecting on this over the weekend and I think we should go this direction. Like I'm very intentional with my language that I use with my coworkers because I think it opens up a different space. I'm also, um, not afraid to ask, uh, personal questions at work. I think a lot of people leave personal stuff out, but for me, the type of team I want to be on is, it just goes to a different level. Mm-hmm. Might not go immediately to woo-woo. Right. Yeah. But uh, that's what I want to cultivate, so that's how I'll lead in that space. Um, the other way is like through that bridge of trust. So mm. you have intuitive stuff going on, and then you have uh, daily life, and people can't see me right now, but I'm putting them in two different buckets to my left and to my right. Um, and that trust bridge is how you integrate. So if you're getting this intuitive ping that you need to sign up for a watercolor painting class, like the trusting thing to do is to take action on that. And all of a sudden find yourself sitting in a watercolor painting class, because maybe you're going to meet somebody there who has a connection for your next job or who knows Mm -hmm. what you're going to find on that next thing. But as Sarah was saying earlier, like following those pings, following those different clues, like taking that trusting action is integrating your intuition into your everyday life that was a very specific um example of like the watercolor painting class like it can be that random like like you're like oh i really feel like i should i don't know uh, i should really go fill my gas tank up right now even though i'm still half full i just really have this urge to do that like you should follow that yes okay Yes. And it's not... Even um, though it doesn't make any freaking sense logically to 1, go... 1,000%. Okay. Yes. Okay. And it's not... Here's the thing. It's not a like um, one for one thing and mm-hmm. it's not something you're going to get 
punished for. So if you do have that thought, but you're like, what the heck, I'm about to go on a date with Sarah. I'm not going to go fill up the gas tank right now. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get like negative points or like punished for not listening to your intuition. It just doesn't work like that. But okay. if you can get into the habit of following those, like an experiment for a day would be, I'm literally only going to do the next intuitive action hmm. that I receive and just see how that feels like, see what it feels like to give over the trust to your intuition in that way, because we're so, you know, we want to be in control. That's almost like the enemy of intuition. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Control. Yeah. Yeah. I actually just a recent story. My little sister was texting me. She woke up the other morning and she goes, she all of a sudden really wanted to go play pickleball. And she's living down in Austin, Texas. And she's like, where have I seen pickleball courts? It was over by this place that she stayed when she first moved there. Well, they go over, they're playing pickleball. She's having so much fun. When they're leaving, they see an apartment building and she's looking for a new apartment and it's just being built up. They're taking tours, all this stuff. So like her intuition led her to that apartment building through pickleball. Okay. When, okay. So how do I, uh, skeptic coming here i'm okay no it was just a building being built and she felt like playing pickleball but how did it get to the one place where she knew in all of austin texas where pickleball courts Mm -hmm. were who wakes up thinking about pickleball i I mean that is a very specific random thing like watercolor painting okay all right yeah okay yeah um that we can't you can't try to understand it right okay can't make like it's not like linear sense yeah no okay see there that's it's good. not like this because of this because of this it doesn't but really happen it sounds like, like maybe at the end though you can backtrace it it just sounds like you can't predict it but it sounds like if she moves into this apartment it's because one day she wanted to play pickleball and woke up and followed her intuition and then now she's there and who knows maybe when she's at this apartment she's gonna meet this person who has a cute puppy and this puppy and is gonna be somebody i don't know yes exactly right okay yeah Yeah. and so and she's thinking about it right now in the lens of where am i gonna live next but it Mm -hmm. might not even be that you know that's just her logical mind understanding of what she thinks is unraveling but it could be again that it's something with a dog and Mm -hmm. something you know and she's actually looking for a dog so it's cool you said that Maybe she's going to find a dog there. See, look at this. So you can't, you can't, yeah, you can't predict it. You can't force it and you can't be attached to where you think it's taking you. Okay. That sounds It's actually like magical. It sounds, if you let it, oh my gosh. If you let it be magical or scary, can Can I allow it to be scary? Because it's honestly like to, to somebody who likes to be in control of things, um, you know, what would that be? I'm, t- I'm, asking, I'm asking for a friend. Uh, <laughs> my friend. You got a call-in user? Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, caller. Go ahead. Yes. Um, hi, my name is not William Huffman, and I have a question. Um, that seems scary. That's more of a statement. The thing is that we think we're in control mm-hmm. when we think we're in control. Mm-hmm. And for me, what following my intuition does is it takes off that burden of me having to know everything, do everything, be everything, mm. and just be... It's like that I talk about a lot about self-leadership, but a lot of it is just followership and knowing how to mm. follow something greater than yourself. Um, people find that in a lot of different ways, but mm-hmm. it takes away that pressure from me of having to do that. And like I said, we think we're in control, but you don't know what the hell is going to happen. No. No, you're fine. Okay. Oh, yeah. PG-13. We just don't say the F-bomb. Okay. And then we have to go explicit. Okay. Yeah. What the heck? I'm going to say heck now. No, no we're going to say hell. Hell. You don't know what the hell is going to yes, happen. No so idea. you yeah. might as well. Yeah. I think to me, just following intuition is like, it's like the path of ease 
versus me just trying to be in control and figure out everything and problem solve everything and force everything. And it's just like, oh my God, like my back is like hurting just articulating that out loud. I like how you said it. Actually, it, like I like had like a pain. It, it yeah, almost, like, oh it, my. it just takes away the pressure of having to know because nobody knows. Nobody, nobody, I mean, you, you never know what's going to happen. You never know who's going to do what. And it almost sounds like a relief when you give that up and you just uh, go with the flow, go with your intuition, go with the next right feeling. Yes. And it's a, it's an inner relief, but I will say it is a very radical act because mm-hmm. even yeah. Sarah, what you were describing about the podcast, like not really knowing like who your next guest mm-hmm. is or whatever. Like if you went to go talk to some like podcasting consultant, they'd be like, mm, that's a problem in your process. That's yeah. wrong. You're doing it. Nah. How do you, you know, they're yep. going to just diagnose the crap out of it. And that's what society does to you, mm. to all of us, whether we're taking the path of being in control or the intuitive path. Um, so it is a very radical act and you have to be able to weather that storm and mm-hmm. be, be, you know, respectful of your own decisions amidst a world that's telling you to do something different. There's I- just not a lot of time and space for people to follow their intuition. And, yeah. you know, I don't have this big strategic plan. I don't mm-hmm. have this whatever. Like, that's just not... Um, and it doesn't, I think a lot of things are changing, but yes. that's just not how society is. And it doesn't mean that if you're living through your intuition or following your intuition that you're not um, strategic or like planful. You're just willing to open the possibility, like just open possibility. So it's, we it, could say it like that. It doesn't have to be like uh, that show, Yes Man, uh, what was it, uh, uh, where he just he just says yes to everything. So it doesn't have to be like that or does it? It can be if you're okay. saying yes to the intuitive things, but okay. that's like that thing of knowing mm-hmm. like, okay, do I want to do this thing because like I'm trying to compete with somebody or I'm comparing myself to somebody or am I doing this thing because, you know, I feel like it's a connection. It's that okay. stepping stone mm-hmm. to my highest self. There's a lot of layers here. Oh yeah. Okay. And about strategy too. Like I am a very strategic person and that is a big part of my company is like spiritual strategy. So how do you lead with intuition and with that spiritual space first and then use that to build out your life strategy, your business strategy, things like that. So they're very um, tied in my mind. But I think if you're all strategy, you're missing out on a big part of what could be magical about mm-hmm. what you're doing. And if you're all spiritual, you're um, missing out on maybe more active things or taking action. Yeah. Yeah. To what you were saying too earlier, mm-hmm. Will, like it's not just a matter of like you just sit down and do nothing. And yeah. And you get a million dollars. That's not, yeah, like that's not it. So like they have to be connected, but I put spirituality before the strategy piece of it because I think that creates the most beautiful expression of what it is that you're here to do within your purpose and within your work and things like that because it's just fun and it's more magical that way. Can I just go back to the whole whole painting thing? Yes, but I want to know where can I download that class you're talking about? Because because now now I'm bought in. Now I'm now I'm like okay, th- all right. She's all happy and has speaks very well and has now explained this to me and I'm sold. So where, what's your website? It's evermeandco.com. Okay, cool. And right when you get there, there's a little pop up. You can put your email in and you get instant access. Sweet. Yeah. All right. Sorry, and babe. well, the if I think it's just so fascinating how you were like, hey, you just talked about a dog and your sister's looking for a dog. I have been told for a couple years to take a watercolor painting class. Yes, you have. I didn't want to bring it up. <laughs> See that? And like, how would I have known that? How would I, you know, that's, yeah. a, that's, and again, this is my love language because I yep. just get to show up and say stuff. And that's, 
Okay, that's like an intuitive moment for you too, yeah. Sarah, right? Like it's that's like just like a reminder pain. of, yeah. Mm-hmm. Because to it me, came up again. Yeah. it's mm-hmm. about the creative outlet and letting yourself be creative. And it's also very funny. I was in a bookstore in... When were you in a bookstore? Um, um, in Park Rapids. Okay. Recently. And what is that book that you talk about? Like you've done the class? The Artist's Way. Yes. And I'm walking down the aisle and what's the one book I see? The Artist's Way. And I'm like, I'm going to have to buy that book. Which is interesting that they had it out on display. Yes. I don't know if I've ever seen it. In Park Rapids, Minnesota. It's a sign. So yeah. th- that's like an intuitive like ping. Yes. To be like, hey, remember? Like, yes. Doesn't mean you have to do it right this second, but it's coming up again. I'm coming up. Oh, my word. I want the world to see. All right, Kelsey. So what's Sorry. next for you? Right now, I'm really excited about a couple of things. So I just, um, within the last year, I did a whole rebranding of my company. Again, leaning more into the intuition, self-leadership, things like that. So that's a lot of recent things that I'm still really excited about and still executing on. Um, for the rest of this year, uh, we just got off a two-week vacation to Hawaii. So I'm feeling... <laughs> a lot more renewed and energized than I had been uh, as of lately. Um, And I'm really excited. I have been writing a book for the last four years, and that is on the home stretch. Super pumped about that. Mm -hmm. Um, Just yesterday, I started building out a prototype of a, I guess you could call it like Oracle cards or something like that. But they're, I'm calling them like mystical motivators. They're just like that, like kind of like pump of energy that you need. so that's still in early phases, but I'm just feeling very creative and trusting whatever's going to unravel in front of me is what's next. But I love it. I heard Hawaii. <laughs> and then you stopped listening. Uh, no, I was I my intuition is saying we need to go to Hawaii. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm actually Kauai. really we miss Hawaii. Yeah. I would love to go there. I, I just think like it's very lush and green. Did you have ocean? Like, did you have beaches? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We were on the beach most of the time, mostly every day. But it is like the mountains are just like lush, green, jungle. Then there was rivers, but there was the ocean there. Oh, my gosh. It it's was amazing. And where did you perfect. stay? Uh, we stayed on the North Shore for part of the time. And then we stayed in a town called Kapa, which was beautiful and cute and small. And oh, it was perfect. Hotels or like Airbnbs? Um, the first one was like a villa, like apartment. And then the second place was a hotel. Well, we want to say thank you for coming on. And we finish this by asking our guests a simple question. What is your top five favorite restaurants? Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, First one is a local one. We live in St. Paul. We always go to Highland Grill in Highland Park. What do you get? So good. Oh, the breakfast bowl. Okay. Every time with extra avocado. I love their breakfast burrito. Yeah. That's what Dane usually gets. It's so good. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, where else? We went to a really good place in Kauai called Bar Akuda. Mm-hmm. I had one of the best bites of food I've ever had in my entire life. Oh, a bite of that's a that's it was a like tapa style, and it okay. was just like I had it, and I was like, I wanted to start crying. I was like, I think I could die right now, and just like that was it. This is it. Like, yeah, that, that that's was awesome. the moment. I like to try a lot of different places, so we're loyal to Highland Grill for sure. Um, and it can be for any reason. It doesn't necessarily have to be because the food was fantastic. It can be because um, we had one gentleman who says Olive Garden, and it's because he went there with his mother all the time. Oh, that's sweet. Yeah. Um, I like going out for sushi, so any sushi mm. place. Um, What's your sushi order? Oh, I love the salmon roll. Mm. I love avocado roll. I like them really simple. 
Okay. I like the fancy ones too. Sometimes the simple rolls are the best ones. Like when we go to Billy's Sushi, the veggie roll. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. It's mind blowing. Yeah. And it's so simple. Yeah. But it's so delicious. Yes. Um, I really like uh, Estelle in St. Paul. That's a newer place. We sat at the bar, which we like to do sometimes. I just like kind of like mm-hmm. to be in the mix and see like what the workers are doing and see mm-hmm. what people are ordering, that sort of thing. Um, and what else? And then actually a past guest of yours, Ava Bilkey, she recommended Colita and we yes. went there uh, with her actually a few weeks ago and that was awesome too because it's all gluten-free and I've been gluten-free for a few years. So that was okay. just like nice. Amazing. It makes ordering so easy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like I don't have to think about anything. I don't have to put in a special order, ask all these questions. It just simplifies. Mm-hmm. Have you been to Olivia's? Not yet, but that's on my list. Oh, my word. It's bomb. It's fantastic. That's when Will list. and I go to Olivia's, you think we're eating for about five people because <laughs> <laughs> we do. We, we literally order three or four entrees because, because you just, just want to try a it. Taste. Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, I just really want a taste of that, but there's only two of us. Yes. <laughs> so Is we, it, would it be good for like a group of people? It's so good. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes we'd like to do that, especially with Dane's family. We like to just sample a bunch of different things. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like their chicken sandwich, it, it's like 20 bucks. It's the best $20 chicken sandwich <laughs> on the planet. It's the best $20 chicken so sandwich. Good. Just so good. Just being able to have a chicken sandwich yeah. that is gluten-free is like... And the buns are, taste normal. Like everything about it, just like, it doesn't have that gluten-free taste to it. It's yeah. like, no, this is delicious. Mm-hmm. Like my dad thinks gluten-free is like poison. A lot of people do. (laughs) (laughs) He he does. He's like, oh, my guts. (laughs) And I'm like, we just don't tell him. And he thinks it's amazing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm going to have to try that. But yeah. Highly recommend. Do we get one more? One more. Um, I'm thinking like somewhere in Stillwater. We got married in Stillwater. That's what I'm thinking Mm. about. Oh, where'd you get married in Stillwater? At the JX venue. Yeah. Yeah. Right below there. there Actually, that's a great spot. Right below there is the Velveteen, which is like a speakeasy cocktail bar i love Stillwater. Mm-hmm. yeah i took my mom there yesterday fun and we just walked yeah and had a coffee and yeah. it was perfect yeah that's all you need to do mm-hmm. yeah awesome I love it. all right well thank you so much and if somebody wanted to get a hold of you what's the best way to do it is it your website and email address website email kelsey at evermeandco.com or instagram is probably where i'm most active from a marketing perspective so okay. at everme.and.co at everme.and.co. And we'll have all of that for our In listeners. the show notes. In the show notes. In the show notes. I don't know what those... So they just magically happen. They do. It's awesome. They just show up. <laughs> I love it. All right, everybody. Thank you. Thank you for coming. As always, we out. Deuces. Tune in each week for more in-depth conversations about life behind the highlight reel. Follow us on your favorite podcast platform to make sure you never miss an episode. For today's show notes, head over to lbthr.com.